And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi and Jedi. A project that began with Clone Wars, and now they never end. Hi everyone, welcome to Jedi's and Jedi, I am Hope Molinex. Um, this week Chris is not with me, because I just got back from 221 Beacon 2022, here in Atlanta. And if I sound a little tired, it's because I am, <laughs> but it was a really fun weekend. Um, while I was there, I had two Star Wars panels, and we I recorded them, and I'm going to share them here on the podcast. So what you're about to hear is the first one. This one was A Galaxy Far, Far Away. It was a discussion of queer characters in Star Wars, where to find them, and the ways Lucasfilm and Disney is still behind the times. I, with me on this panel was my friend Arzu Amin who has been on the show before, and she's also the host of Space Waffles, and she's my favorite, my my, uh, my fellow geeky waffle. And I'm going to do that part again, Chris. Um, and she's also one of my fellow geeky waffles. So we were together, and we talked, we pretty much like Vanna White a bunch of books. I hold like two full cases of books with me, and uh, just set them up and all the comic books and stuff like that, because that was probably the discussion was, how little there is on screen, but everything's in, like, the books and the comics, which was a very important point to make. So, I hope you enjoy this panel. I had a really good time on it. You guys know I love 221BCon. I've talked about it here on the show before. I've recorded panels in the past. So, I hope you enjoy a galaxy far, far away. Bye! Alright, go on lunch. Are we starting? Yeah, might as well. Why not? Hello! Welcome Hello. to a galaxy far, far away, everybody. Um, I'm Hope Malinax. I am a writer for the Geeky Waffle. Um, I have a Star Wars podcast called J Guys and Jedi, where we go through... Well, it started going through Star Wars animation, but now we have, like, Mandalorian, a book of Boba Fett. We're about to have Obi-Wan, so we're kind of doing, like, Star Wars TV now. And then I am occasionally a uh, guest host. My brain stopped for a second there. <laughs> I guest host on a podcast called Space Waffles, hosted by the amazing person sitting next to me, and I'll let her talk about it. Hello, I'm Arzu. I'm the host of Space Waffles, um, a Star Wars podcast that talks about whatever I feel like talking about uh, whenever we talk about it. And a big focus of mine, a big interest of mine, is Star Wars books, hence <laughs> what you see laid out before you now. There is a reason that we have so many books, um, and a big reason we'll talk about that is there's not a lot of queer content on screen, but it's all in the books, which is both cool and also bad. <laughs> so um, the reason I wanted to have this podcast for one, our beast tend to be a little bit more you know, queer and open to stuff like that, and I thought it'd be interesting. Um, and I wanted to talk about like if you're wanting to find queer content, where can you find it? What's a good place to start? Stuff like that, if, if you're like specifically looking for that. Um, for me, I want to start with this on-screen stuff because that's the easiest to talk about because it's almost non-existent. <laughs> and it's interesting in a time now when Disney's having all this stuff happening with the Don't Say Gay Bill 
and getting their just right comeuppance about it. It's awesome to see, but it's also could be a time where we might start getting more queer content on screen. Um, so it could be something that's really cool that will happen soon, but um, where can you find queers on screen? Nowhere. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Live slug reaction. <laughs> so, oh my god, the live slug reaction is like my favorite. <laughs> you hate that slug. I hate that slug so much. There is no reason an Asian woman needed to be replaced by a slug. It's like personally offensive, but live slug reaction, yes, is a good, is not a good, but is the most obvious on screen example is um, Commander Daisy and her wife, who's never named on screen. Um, um, and we're talking about the rise of Skywalker. The rise of Skywalker, yeah. Um, which was both on like supposed to be like this historic moment where you have these two gay women kiss on screen, but even then it's a little problematic because it was so fast and short that it wasn't even edited out of the China Sky of Rise of Skywalker, which says a lot. Um, and they're like like Garza said, they're never named on screen. I don't actually think Daisy's named on screen either. I just yeah. happen to know that. Um, but the other one, uh, the other couple that I love, and they are my favorite boyfriends and or husbands. And the reason that I say boyfriends and or husbands is, again, they're never confirmed on screen. Um, comes from this show right here, Star Wars Resistance. I love this show. It is my comfort show. But it's also a very niche show. It's not for everyone. So it is tailored a little bit younger. But there are two characters on there named Orca and Flix and they run a little shop together and they're cute as hell they're voiced by jim rash and bobby moynihan and they're just adorable darlings and i love them um then from there we kind of go into what coding you know where we go into like queer coding um when we're talking about like canon stuff there's nothing much from there which is kind of a problem and sad we're starting to get a little bit more of it down like in the lower levels. I, I call it the Star Wars funnel. So Star Wars was a funnel. The most people consume are the movies, and then animation and the TV shows, then like video games, and then books and comics, and it makes a little funnel of what fans consume most. When you move down to the funnels, then you start getting like a few characters in like the squad squadrons? Squad. Squadrons. Like the video. Yeah, squadrons. squadrons. Um, and Mirren in my brain stopped again. What's the game? Baron is in Jedi Fallen Order. Fallen Order, thank you. Um, you have those two characters as well. Um, but that's when it comes to on-screen stuff, that's really about it, which is a problem. You know, we want to see ourselves represented, especially to these huge masses. So it's great that we have all these books and comics here in front of us, but the smallest part of the Star Wars fandom reads this. It's not the big masses, like the people who are going to be going to see the gays on the TV screen. So it's important to consume stuff like this, but also keep asking for it because we're not seeing it and that's not okay. So any, anything right before we start diving into the next like phase of things? No, All right? So we have kind of had some stuff. We disagree on this point, yes. um, but We've been seeing kind of possible coding for queers on screen when it comes to Twi'leks. Twi'leks are the species with the head tails. And there's a character in the book of Boba Fett. He works at Garcelle Flip's cantina. And he's a beautiful, beautiful green male. 
but he's coded as a trans male because he has ear cones. When twilights are assigned female at birth, they have ear cones, and twilights that are assigned male at birth have human ears. So a lot of people think that he's trans, even though that we have no, no confirmation of that. But for something like Disney, which is, or at least a Filoni show, where they really care a lot about my content, I think it's purposeful. She completely disagrees. They had ear cones in the costume truck and went, that looks alien. Put them on his head. I don't think they care enough to put that in there. You give them far more credit than I do. Yeah, but a lot of that is, especially when it comes to Twilight, is because of this book right here. This is called Ronin. Um, and it's a spin-off book from Star Wars Visions. It was a project earlier this year that was nine animated shorts. Um, the thing about Visions, it's not canon. It's the only thing up here that's not canon. Um, but this has two transgender Twi'leks in it that use um, hormone replacement therapy. And it's actually talked about in book. And they're, I haven't read Running You Have, they're both, they're both male, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So one of them definitely is. I don't want to say 100% stable, but I feel like yes. Mm. It's been a while. So to, so this is if you're looking for like any um, transgender content, check out Ronan. Like this is a good place to kind of get into it. And because it's not canon, you're not gonna have to be like bogged down by like oh so and so to so and so from the other place in the thing. Uh, this is more of a fairy tale because it's not canon. It reads like a fairy tale. So it's it's fun. So, but if you like that, say what? Yes, yes, yes. Um, there's Ronan's Pan, isn't he? Yes, Ronan is Pan. Fox is non-binary. Um, according to the author, none of them are straight. But so this is just a big game book. <laughs> yeah. So, but now we're going to move into our book phase. Do you guys want to start with like, what, what's a favorite era of somebody? The, 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 the new the That's going to be a huge chunk of it. <laughs> As I get water up my nose. Uh, pardon me, everybody. Um, if I get a direct attention to this side of the table, this is called the High Republic. So the thing about the High Republic is it's set 250 years before the events of the Phantom Menace. It's this untapped era of Star Wars that has really never been dealt into. And it's fun. It's a brand new initiative that starts all the way down with Light of the Jedi. Jump in a van away for you. It is that. so gay, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you how gay this series. For a good example, the shirt I'm wearing. When I made this shirt, this is a list of queer characters in the High Republic. Just this era. I couldn't fit all of them on this book, on the shirt. And then they added three more. <laughs> I've never had this problem before to where I'm like, I have to choose between gays to put on stuff. <laughs> yes. Canonically queer characters. Canonically yes. queer okay. characters. Like and this, explicitly so. Like this. This is Cantum Psy. They are non-binary. They are my baby, and I love them, and they are a major character in Midnight Horizon. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> Midnight Horizon, you get their entire backstory. They get a full romance that doesn't die. <laughs> In fact, Midnight Horizon is a really gay book. It has four sapphics, two queer men, and Cantum as a main character as a non-binary Jedi. It's amazing. This entire initiative has been 
So good. Every book except for, I believe, Light of Jedi, everything over here has a queer character in it. In some shape, form, shape, way, shape, or form. Now, there is still a ways to go because we ha still haven't had a, really a lot of transgender characters in the High Republic. Hopefully they'll come soon. And also, not the most characters of color that are queer as well, except for Silvestri, who is a lead character who's right there on the cover of Out of the Shadows. She's a queer black woman, and this book is written by a queer black woman, right? Justine is queer? I'm yes. not 100% I believe she is, but okay. I think she was on Peaky Milk. Um, yes? Are these in order, or can they be read separately? Okay, that's the thing. <laughs> in theory, you can read the three adult books, the third one's not here. Together, you can read these, these three together, and then you can read the kids' books together. Once you hit the third adult book, it sort of assumes you've read the rest. Yeah, because there's also the comics that go with them as well. Yeah. Um, I you don't have to. I have friends that haven't read all of it, and they got plenty out of just the adult books. Mm -hmm. But in terms of queer content, I think the young adult is the way to go. I love the... For the biggest concentration. Yeah, because um, a big character is... Uh, I don't know where you move Midnight Horizon. There's a character named Comac oh, Vitus. Um, Comac Vitus is a queer man. It's only established in one of the books that where it's explored, but he's in all three of the young adult books. And Comet's my baby. Um, but what I also love is these comics. These are the High Republic Adventure comics. They are for kids. They are all ages comics. With Lula and Zine being the pink girl and the, uh, the black girl there too. They meet, they fall in love, and their sapphires together. And it's for a younger audience, normalizing queer content for them. And that's what I like as well, because in the younger books here, Ace, uh, there's a character named Vernestra, and she's the first aromantic character in Star Wars. She's the, uh, the green girl you see on the covers. Yeah, but she's also asexual. She's both asexual and aromantic. She's amazing. And it's normalizing both for an adult audience as well as a young audience is being ex like getting these because a lot of us as adults we don't see ourselves in Star Wars we don't see ourselves in media so it's good to have it on both of these ends so I the reading order of the higher public I would say is a little crazy you can find the reading <laughs> order because there's also this and it's not always perfect like um, I'm sure you want I'll pass it I'm gonna ban a white now you're gonna ban a white now I need okay. to see where they are. So these are two characters in Seraph and Tarek. They're non-binary, but they're non-binary because they're alien bond twins. So it's not the best representation. That's why I prefer Cantum, because they are just a human, living their best life, getting a boyfriend, going out that boyfriend and being like, you know what, not for me. And the boyfriend's like, cool. And then they, they, keep, they keep living their best life. <laughs> That's why I love it. Um, so I can't like sing the praises of the higher public enough. Um, there's also my other favorite character in Into the Shadows, which is Leox Giasi. Leox, his design is based after 1990s Matthew McConaughey. Oh. And, he, <laughs> and he sounds like him in the audiobooks. <laughs> and he has an entire speech about being asexual and how he tried to live this best version of his life. And he tried romance, he tried sex, but it wasn't for him, and my, the most beautiful line that made me cry was, I am the best version of my ancestors, and it's all come to me. And I was like, <laughs> Leox! 
So yeah, I I love this. This is such kind of Vanna White across Tyork is bisexual. We have suffix, non-binary, more suffix, non-binary, aces in here, queer men here, like it's a whole thing. So I can't scream about the higher pop enough. If you want gays in Star Wars, here you go. <laughs> It'll make me cry though. Because we don't have the third adult book up here, and it's definitely the red wedding of Star Wars. Don't cry. Mm, yeah. Has have not recovered. Have not recovered. I don't know if any of the gays have died yet, though. Mm. We don't know about Lula. I I would be very surprised if they killed the teenager. We don't know about Lula. <laughs> <laughs> so that is that. Now, other canon. Again, all in book form. We have all these gays here. And it's cool that we have so many, but it's also not cool because they're all in books, in comics. So, anybody have a favorite movie or era? Which one? Boop. Pretty much all of Padme's handmaidens are gay, thanks to uh, E.K. Johnson. Um, she has a trilogy. This is actually the second book because I couldn't find my first one. Um, it's the Queen's Shadows, Queen Perils, and Queen's Hope. Hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we find out that Kira Knightley's character from Phantom Menace, um, Sabe, is bisexual. And that two others of the, Pad of the handmaidens of Padme, which are all fleshed down in this book, so they all have their own roles that they do. Um, are a couple. Are a couple. And they fall, in, excuse me, they fall in love and everything like that. So... I would definitely suggest these books. They are tailored to a younger audience. Um, this is more uh, YA. The reason I have Darth Vader up here is because Sabe is in this. And Sabe is Empire Strikes Back era, trying to figure out who killed Padme. So she's actually using Darth Vader to investigate, not knowing that Vader was Anakin and the father of Padme's children. So this is like this is kind of like, will she find out, will she not find out mystery? Um, yeah. EK, I will say. Because it is our opinions. Um, not a fan. I think dislike her so much. I think she's okay. Um, not always for me. I liked her better in Ahsoka um, over her Padme books. That's just me. Um, I need to drink this water <laughs> that I'm just holding and sloshing she, around. She she strikes me as very performative. Yeah. She made a big thing about putting a transgender clone in Queen's Hope, which is cool. It is. We cool. love that. Her entire function is to be present and to say, I'm trans. And then for Anakin to be like, yep, you sure are. And she doesn't come back at any point in the book. I thought she was going to serve a role because, you know, following Anakin on the front lines and the cool fighting side by side with sister. Love it. Sister don't come back. And she's like, I created sister so anyone could use her. I'm like, EK, you are anyone. You can use her. She didn't. So, yeah, she wanted the brownie points, I think. But... But yeah, like I said, EK is one of those writers that like people either really like her or they really don't. Um, so just know going into her that she might not be your target audience. Um, I liked her a little bit more in Ahsoka. Um, in Ahsoka, there's a girl named Kaden. And this takes place after Order 66. Um, Ahsoka is in hiding because she's now a Jedi being hunted. And she meets a girl named Kaiden or Kaden? Kaden? Kaden. Kaden. Um, and Kaden falls in love with her. And this is the book that made me question whether or not Ahsoka was asexual. Because Kaden gets captured, and when Ahsoka rescues her, she goes, 
oh my god, I could kiss you. And Ahsoka goes, okay, and walks out the door. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite moments ever of Ahsoka Tano. Um, and just to kind of, this isn't everything, this is just what I owned. <laughs> so there's so many more. Because same thing with like Chuck Wendig. Um, Chuck Wendig is a writer that people either like him or they hate him. They either love him or he's problematic. But the main character of the Aftermath series are, is Sinjur, who's a queer man. You find out about his love life and how he defected from the Empire and he has a boyfriend. And the other one is Ray Sloan, who is a bisexual woman who is a Grand Admiral and leading pretty much the Empire from afar. But you left out that Sinjur and I want to say Conlon is his boyfriend's name, have this long, drawn-out, will they, won't they? Yeah. They do, but and it's, it's written, beautiful. And it's written like a like a hetero ship. Like, will they, won't they? Will they get together? Um, I just can't get over one dig making Ewoks special, yeah, no, uh, cool. specialty, like, assistant animals. And I'm like, they're sentient creatures. Don't need this. Oh. I know, right? I mean, he's so bad. Um... Then down the way, a little bit more, I would like to draw your attention to Dr. Afra. She is a disaster lesbian. She has many romances, and in the most recent issue, they have a canonically trans character. This book is so gay. <laughs> she has a girlfriend. She breaks up with her girlfriend. She's with other women. She has, there's bisexuals in this, there's trans people in this. Dr. Avra is great. If you like sexual tension between a, a cop and a criminal. So that series is ongoing? Yes. Um, I will say I'm very far behind on Avra. This is the first one, but she actually started in the first run of Vader by Gillen, Karen Gillen, right? Yes. Karen. Yes. Karen. Um, that's where she made her debut, and when you're talking about a disaster lesbian that has the balls to try to screw over Darth Vader, she's pretty badass. And she's essentially an evil archaeologist, <laughs> but you find out that she's not really evil, she's just a flawed person. If you're super busy, but you do want to catch up on Afra, the first sort of chunk of her comic run has been sort of retooled as an audio oh, drama. Yeah. Called, uh, it's called just Dr. Afra. I, her name has escaped me, but it'll come to me in a second. I'll check it. But yeah, it's her Darth Vader arc from her point of view, featuring like flashbacks with her college girlfriend and stuff like that. So if, if maybe tracking down comics isn't the easiest, that is a good way to experience. Forgot about Afra. that. Thank you. Um, and then we kind of go into like more classic characters, like uh, Lando has been retconned into being pansexual. Now it was a thing. It wasn't ever well. In the solo movie. Sorry, really Sarah Kuhn is the author for the audio drama. So, but like now we have that Lando is connected canonically canon. I'm hoping to hear more of that in the future. We'll see. <laughs> because it was not him alone solo at all. Just because he had feelings towards his robot doesn't make him pan. <laughs> that was that's what the director said. I'm not making that up. <laughs> it is not okay. Um, and then we have some more like retconning of characters. It might be weird to see. Tarkin, the biggest. Oh, I saw your face. <laughs> Tarkin, the biggest space Nazi that's ever space Nazi, according to from a certain point of view. I do hope there was a big hullabaloo for a long time whether or not Tarkin was queer because there is a story in here called of MS36 and men, 
where this Nastroid oversees the affair of a high-ranking admiral in the Death Star and a soldier. And that high-ranking Death Star happens to be getting stressed about blowing up a planet and happens to be the only person with access to it. And the only person that could be was target. And so there was this like really bad backlash of like, why would you make the biggest space Nazi who's ever space Nazi a queer person? Especially when this was really early when we had no rep. And then it kind of got like wiped off Wikipedia entirely. <laughs> so it's one of those like weird wonky things where there are things that are still, there were, the point I'm, I'm making is it's still kind of problematic. But they're, at least they're trying even if it's with the worst character ever. Um, and then there's all the fun books. I have not finished Alpha This Water. I have. This is a really good book. It's just really dense. And it's good, but it's like, has anybody ever read like Count of Monte Cristo or something like that? You know how dense it is, but it's really good, but you read five pages and you need a nap? <laughs> That's Alphabet Squadron, <laughs> but it's all good. Alphabet Squadron is best consumed in as little time as possible. If you can devote the time to just powering through, you will get the most out of it. It's the kind, if you leave it for too long, you will forget what's happening. Mm -hmm. And three of the, the main characters in here are queer. Um, there's Erica, Will, and the Chess? Chess. Chess. Um, so yeah, that's just a quick rundown of Space Gaze and Learn Department. And a happy ending. And a happy well. ending. Very important. So, where are we on time? We have half an hour. Half an hour! So, questions. Because, like I said, I don't have everything up here. So, if you're looking for something in particular that's more tailored to you, or maybe ship stuff, or do you want to talk about how they fucked over John Boyega and Oscar Isaac, I can look at oh, too. Okay. But I wanted to always give you like a base point of, like, if you're looking for stuff, this is where I can find them. V, how do you have to see your hand back there? Uh, I just want to say another strong point for Dr. Afra is uh, if you watch Book of Boba Fett and like, Black for Santa, and he is also a master. Mm -hmm. My lovely up here, so I have to get water because I banned it for a while. Way back at the beginning, you mentioned uh, a potential uh, trans character that people don't know that was just like an actual costume mm -hmm. choice. Where is that from? Oh, I can Google it. It's Book of Boba Fett. That's the Book of Boba Fett, yeah. Okay, when is that from? Like, what's on the. On, like, oh, the Canada? Oh, five years after episode six. Okay. Because I know, well, so the main reason I came is because my introduction to all of the, the EU was they suckered me in with saying the video was talking about how terrible the Christmas special was, uh, <laughs> and then went to this whole tangent about how Disney erased or like took out of canon like 40 years worth mm. of really good and not so good stuff, but and made it like Star Wars Legends as yeah. like the holocron. And that's what George Lucas had officially made as canon. You could like rate it with the holocron. This was like, no, it's the movie, it's the six movies and Clone Wars. And then they started adding on to that. Like George Lucas famously hated the Yeah, he did not like he he did not consider it sort of the kind of canon that this is. It was just, it was its own, from my understanding, its own continuity tied in with the films, but it didn't sort of hold, I don't want to class it as like higher status or what, but it didn't sort of hold the same, this is definitely the same continuity that like these books now have. But it looks like, because Lucasfilms actually developed the Holocron as a, a continuity database. Yeah, for, for, the, yeah. for themselves, like they keep the books yeah. internally consistent, yeah. but. It, and, and there was yeah. a lot that Lucasfilms 
considered canon that Disney just decided was not canon. Yeah. So okay. anything in the books that might have been canon in the way that like when we need it we'll pull it into the movie we'll use it we'll whatever but the the sort of stance on things is like the official version in air quotes of events is what you see on screen mm -hmm. everything else you can take or leave what you want it goes back to that quote that i was talking about at the beginning um because I, I will say first of all this is the trans twilight i know it's far away but he's the lovely green one um this is the one i was talking about um, I, I told you I needed to bring my act down. <laughs> um, because Cameron doesn't always say consistent either. Um, for example, the Ahsoka novel covers a little bit of what's called the Siege of Mandalore. And when E.K. Jobs wrote this, Lucasfilm only just gave her like, some like rough notes, but they were like, you cannot kill Darth Maul, and you can't do this, this, and this. So she kind of wrote some of the series of events from, based on that. And then when Clone Wars Season 7 came out, Dave Filoni got to do his own version of the, the Siege of Mandalore, which does not match up with the books, because TV and movies will always be the top of the funnel. So some of these things are a little bit wiggly, they won't always stay here. And I, the way I like to see it is what you see on screen is like the history record. This is Ahsoka's memory of it, which our memory doesn't always match up to the record. I'm a very firm believer, and this goes with the EU as well, of we should put these stories like mythology because when you look at different versions of like say greek mythology or even romans when the romans took greek mythology they made it their own and sometimes depending on like if it's ovid or like we're to stop again like depending on who's telling that mythology it changes a little bit it's going to be a little bit different um and i think that's how instead of like looking at star wars canon like history and its hard facts Looking at it like story, because it will change, and it doesn't give you a headache. <laughs> because even these books, all the Harry Potter's only been going on for a year, and there's already a few inconsistencies. Like my boy Loden was a Star Wars was a Jedi Knight in the first book, and he is a master in a different book, and there's like no way he could have done that in the time of the books. So like there are some inconsistencies already. So I find it like looking at mythology, it makes it a little bit easier. I think that's what I like about Star Wars as fans is that there are so many inconsistencies. That's the feeling you have to write. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what happened. You can just say, oh, maybe this happened, maybe it didn't. This whatever works for the story. Oh, yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say about the EU, um, Timothy Zahn, who is the writer of the novels, um, he framed it in a way that I really enjoyed, where somebody had asked him in, like, at DragonCon, and he was like, and they were like, are you mad that your books are not canon anymore? He said, no, I like that they're legends. Because it's almost like you're sitting around a fire and you go, hey, did you hear about the time that Luke Skywalker thought, thought Grand Admiral Thrawn? And he's like, I like that. Because these stories, these legend stories can still live within this, the canon. And in that way, and I was like, that's a really cool way of putting it to another piece of Yeah. So. I think they're commissioning new ones from him anyway, so like. Yeah, I yeah, that's it. I actually love that first trilogy. I am struggling to get through the second. <laughs> I still can't believe I finished it before you did. I know, right, right. And I love that. So, uh, you guys, we got like, like 20 minutes. You guys want to talk about ships? Who's some of your ships? Let's talk ships! Ships! <laughs> so, we spent house. Yeah, we spent house. Yeah. 
one of my favorites that I, I really like um, is Ray Rose. Mm. I think they're very sweet together. And I also think the color tool of Rose, Bill, and Ray. I don't think I ever told you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do, you, what do you like about Finfall? Oh geez, I go for the best friendships every time. Mm -hmm. It's just this is this is my pattern. They hit it off so well. They just really like each other. They seem so happy and affectionate. Like I'm here for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do um, is there any kind of her content that you're looking for in Star Wars that you'd like to see more of? Um, and, and let me throw out an example. Something, uh, a, a valid criticism I've been seeing of the High Republic is there's a lot of focus in this new content, especially in the Disney era, of females, uh, female uh, non-binary, and um, like sapphics and stuff like that. But the thought of transgender people and queer men has a long drenched history of being seen as not great in media. Um, especially like there's a long trope that like queer men are predatory and stuff like that, so it's a little bit slower to get into. Um, so I do know that there's been a lot of valid criticisms of like something like Comacitis, who I do love and is a queer man in the higher public. He's been pretty much the footnote of like other people's stories. He's a main character in his first book, but his queerness is on the back seat. Because a lot of love Midnight Horizon. We get Cantum Sai's entire wonderful binary romance. But what it is is Cantum is telling Comac the story. And we don't get to see Comac's queerness in the book. Because queer men are kind of going from the back to snack order. So that's just an example, but it's like there's something that you might want to see more. Maybe we can point you in the right direction and we'll have a discussion with it. Yeah. Um Jin and Pop Sam. There are so many, there are all the like corners of the Star Wars universe where you have like dark alleys and grimy criminals and stuff. But there's, there's, I can't think of any content where it's got like two tough, greedy men doing criminal stuff, but then they kiss. Yeah, yeah, I, I love the Danny Cobb. Fandom. Because like, I, I, I'm still kind of like a Denomara person, but when Cobb Vance showed up, I was like, Cobb is so into Dan. Like, oh my god. <laughs> he wants to be all up that Mandalorian armor. He wants to on his floor and to bury his hands tattooing and didn't ever put it back on. <laughs> like, he wants to lick that entire. You know that like scene in Lilo and Stitch? Or like stitches on the window and just licks the entire window. <laughs> That's how I feel like uh, I'm to touch on the tomatoes helmet. Just like the entire helmet. Um, I love that shit too. And I think they've done a really good job. Like, those books that have these like strong indie points, I, I get it to a bad scoop. Um, it hasn't left completely in brains, but it did have time to chill. Um, but I.
I have taken off her I will on my computer, so. It's not exactly the grimy criminal, uh, although I feel like it's gotten a little in that direction, but another, okay, it's only subtitles from the movies, but uh, Spirit Assassin, the two um, guardians from um, Rogue One. Um, they are, I mean, to the implication that Base has been a mercenary, that's kind of grimy. We are so old, very couple. I love Yes. I love it. That was my good Star Wars movie. So I have, I, 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 I am one for that movie. Um, on one hand, I like, I love the tragedy of them passing away. On the other hand, I hate that they did that because I want more stories to all of them. Guardians of the Bus. I have read it. Isn't it? I think I have that in another language. Or I'm waiting for it to go on sale. Yeah, I have read that one. Yeah. Guardians of the Wells. It's cute. Yeah, it's Guardians of the Wells. Yeah, it's cute. I recommend it. It's like, if you want a good sense of their dynamic in times of conflict, but not like life or death conflict, you know, with with Jetta kind of crumbling around them, then Guardians of the Wells is the way to go. It's like a lot of their sort of. Bay's being like, I can't believe I have to take care of this guy, but he loves it. Like, it's a lot of that. Um, has anyone seen Clone Wars? So, Ahsoka Tano and Trace Martez are girlfriends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely girlfriends. I have written an entire article breaking down their queer coding, and it still is the one article that two years later, dude bros come screaming in my comments over. <laughs> But they can fuck themselves <laughs> for all I care. Um, so I I love that ship and I love how Matt, Trace, and Rafa Cortez just make people <laughs> because they exist and it makes people mad because they exist and I'm like good suffer <laughs> assholes. So uh, do we have? Do you have any favorite queer ships that you love? Finpo is my big one. That's your baby. That's my baby. That's my baby. I think, but you know, it's it's really interesting. Um, I think with the Don't Say Gay Bill, I see UK. Um, with the Don't Say Say Gay Bill coming up, um, there's so much behind the scenes stuff that's happening. Like with Pixar coming out, saying so, mm-hmm. like they took queer content out of our movie. Um, I'm waiting for that shoe to drop with Lucasfilm. Because it feels like there are some things that are so forced. Like, you know, I don't, I don't blame the actress at all, but the actress that plays, like, Zori Bliss, the character of Zori Bliss in The Rise of Skywalker, who is added in to be like, look, in eight plus ones. <laughs> Not that, sorry, but like plus ones. Um, and that's what she feels like to me. And I'd be really interested to see that Lucasfilm shoe drop to see how much they've been trying to control stuff. Um, Kate, I see you over there. Well, um, kind of building off that point, um, if we go back to the original trilogy, there's um, Mahan Luke uh, mm-hmm. contingency, and I've heard I've heard conflicting things, but I've definitely heard um, that. Um, when Lucasfilm found out that um, people were writing um, 
Lucon stuff or shipping Lucon stuff, they shut that shit down real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that I read a, there is a really interesting article that I'm afraid you're going to have to Google because I have no idea where it was anymore. Um, and scans of some old fanzines. One of the biggest writers really early on to that was called Cara Loop. C-A-R-A-L-O-U-P, like, you know, werewolf kind of thing. Um, and she wrote a ton in some early fanzines, and yeah, Lucasfilms came down and basically said, you know, everything has to be in good taste, and we must respect the innocence which even uh, Imperial officers must be expected to possess. I'm like, what? Planetary genocide is a bogey thing. It is not. <laughs> this was in, like, admittedly, so this would have been, this was very early on, because the article partly goes, look, if this movie came out today, on Luke, it would be giant. Yeah, yeah, because I actually really do like, I think that's a really cute ship, too. Yeah, like, um, they, have, they have a nice dynamic. It would definitely be, it would be huge. You've got all that stuff with, no, I don't think the princess would get with you. Yeah, like I, I, I would agree with that sentiment. Like, here's the hottest take you're gonna hear on this panel. The real, original trilogy is like my least favorite part of Star Wars. The hottest take you're gonna hear on this panel. Yeah, um, anyone who's interested in that early history, there is, um, there's a, there was a big long article I read. There were scans of some of the old, including the old slash scenes. Harlow's fit is now I think mostly actually up on EO3. So it's kind of interesting, partly as you this is now three decades old, and I can see how fandom and trades yeah. have changed, but it's fascinating. She is a good writer. I would she also, has an interesting graph on the character. If, if you also want to hear like some stuff I see, um, uh, there's a documentary called Looking for Leia, mm -hmm. and it's a really great documentary. It's, I love that one. It's so good, and it's done by um, Dr. Annalisa Pillion, and she wanted to do a series of episodes and they're, they're each focused on different things and it's about the history of the Star Wars fandom. But it's all from the point of view of women, people of color, and her people. Um, and it's a beautiful documentary. It's a little bit harder to find because uh, it went on sci-fi for a while and then it's off sci-fi so you might have to go to the website or see where it's streaming now. I don't actually think it's available for streaming anywhere right now. Sci-fi so called it down. Oh, okay, so if you um look it up, because everyone's going to like, it's not there, you can watch it. It's a very quick watch. It's like maybe like what, three hours, two hours, three hours, two hours. It's really short, yeah. Yeah, these episodes are like 10, 15 minutes. Um, so looking through Leia is a wonderful documentary um, about the history of the Star Wars. Yeah, see. But I'm glad that this is not what into like the, the books and stuff, clearly, but a big problem with Star Wars and Disney as a whole, and it's been bleeding into all of their other properties as well, is how just like completely sexless they try to make everything. Mm -hmm. Not that like Star Wars needs to be like scantily clad people, the idea that like there are no romantic relationships in Disney media almost. And if if you told me that some of the Avengers were having sex, even though these are some of the most attractive people on the planet, I wouldn't believe you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe you that they knew what to do. The movies have become that sexless. There's an article somebody wrote, like, everybody is beautiful and no one's having sex. Yeah. It's something like that. Like, that's what it is with media today. And I think there's a perception that people have come to that there's too much romance and stuff. And why do we always have romance? And like, there is no romance mm -hmm. in this. It's very, like, these pretty people are kissing, like, preteens, like, in the schoolyard. Like, they don't, there's no... There's no chemistry there. I can't remember 
if it's you or my co-podcaster who said this, but um, when people have sex in Star Wars, it's to have very important babies. Okay, so it's Chris O'Gara. Yeah. Um, because that's essentially why Hall and Leia got together, because they had to have been solo, and Anakin had to have together, because they had to have twins. And As somebody who read Queen's Hope, they don't, arguably, they don't have sex on the honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> they get married. They No, I'm sorry. They go on a mission right before their wedding so that they can't have sex. Then they get married, and then they plan hikes and picnics and whitewater rafting. I'm like, the way they're looking at each other in the movie, these is two people who are going to go inside, rip each other's clothes off, and not come out till somebody's chafing. <laughs> but they don't. She spends more time in bed with Sabe than she does with her husband of one week. And, and discovered the asexual window. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I respect that EK clearly ships Padme and Sabe. That's your ship. You go, girl. But at the same time, canonically, she's married to this guy and canonically has had sex with him. So, I don't know. It was frustrating. I don't need sex in my young adult novels. Like... Like that, but at the same time, even canonically married couples are utterly sexless. It's it's a hetero relationship, but if you want a good big black sex scene, Lost Stars. Lost Stars is hands down like one of the best written Star Wars books. It's from the point of view of um, Thane and Cyana. So I always say the name right, it's, it's Cyana. Um, and they were childhood friends who were all together, together, um, and they both go to the Empire and thing the facts so he's in the rebellion and she's in the empire and it's Romeo and Juliet. Juliet sets the backdrop of the original trilogy. It's so fantastic. <laughs> and it's so it's kind of just like, will they won't they or he will he save her? Will she leave? And it's just it's it's lost for ours as hands on like the best Star Wars ever been. When I tell people like where do you want to start with reading Star Wars, I always say lost stars. Because it's original characters, well done. Yeah, it's to the point of it's not back to about something that's familiar to me with children. I'll always hear Colossus. So even though it's like straight to straight to me, but it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. And it makes you think, you know, because my favorite part about this is like the first like quarter. Um, so it's not like super spoiler, but like they spend their time in the Imperial um uh, academy. So you're meeting all these people, and they're just like young kids being totally brainwashed by propaganda. But you get to know them, they're friends, you get to know some of their family. One of the characters is from Alderaan, and he's on the Death Star when that happens. And it's it's a book that really makes you think. And, and it's about trauma and processing trauma and how people do it differently. Some people go one direction, other people go to the extreme other. I cannot scream about Lost Stars enough. It is so good. <laughs> um, could use more games, but it's fine. <laughs> but, yeah. The thing I wanted to, to like extrapolate from that sexlessness, though, is just like, if nobody is having sex, you don't have to have, like, oh, we don't have to show anybody Kissing somebody of their same gender, but mm -hmm. we don't show anybody kissing. Mm -hmm. Or we can say that anybody is gay retroactively because, like, there's no romance on screen for you to tell us that we're wrong. Yeah. And just the sterilization of that leads to not having to worry about queer identities. Mm -hmm. Especially because there's this kind of misconception 
um, that's used to weapon as weapons against us. Um, that sex and gender are the same, and they're not. Um, and that, uh, why do people always think about sex all the time? But it's just part of their daily lives. Like, we don't question hetero romances that we see and are bombarded with every single freaking day in media. Um, but yeah. And I think that's like why I, one of the reasons why I love the books. But they're also the smallest part of the fandom and why we need to have big storylines. So hopefully we'll get one soon because there's an upcoming show called The Afterlife, which is part of the Mary Philbin stuff. And I've heard rumors um, that the main character is being played by a non binary actor. Um, but, and I've heard a rumor that this person's character is either going to be non binary canonically or transgender. But I don't know which one. I think originally the concept was them to be transgender, but now they're going to be non binary. Um, I don't know for sure. I don't have the article in front of me. But they're being played by this, um, by this non binary actor, which is cool. It's the big moment of representation in our fandom. Um, and I'm interested to see Lucas Lucasfilm does it because we haven't had that. Because as you were talking about, like, you know, like not kissing partners and like sexless nuts and stuff like that, I'm just thinking about my precious baby Cantum and their whirlwind romance with a man in Venegarism, where they are like literally laying in bed and talking, and the boyfriend's like, yeah, and the best part is like they join the circus. <laughs> Which is just this great thing because Canton was like, you know, maybe the horseshoes are dying. The surface is a really good deal. Like <laughs> this is a really good deal. Um, and they just have this like lovely romance, and they break up mutually, and then Canton goes on with their life. Um, the cool thing about Canton, they're the Padawan of Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> I love them. <laughs> um, so it's. Oh, I ship Cantum and Comac so much. Banna me a Comac. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. So there we go. Yeah. So this beautiful man right here, and this beautiful person right here, and my fanfic, they kiss. <laughs> They're kissing. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, they, they, they. I have a whole long ass fit, like a cut, very gay. The High Republic fanfic that I write called Fire and Thread if you want to see it, but they care. <laughs> and then they bang stuff. <laughs> I'm professional. <laughs> As I slap my books together, I'm like, shit. Like a book version of. It would be unprofessional if you had dolls. her credit where it's due because I'm capable of being a grown-up. Um, in Queen's Hope, which I generally speaking didn't care for, they bring on a new handmaiden 
um, this person uses neo-pronouns and makes a point of verbalizing this to the to the handmaiden who is doing the hiring. And it, it does read a little on the nose. And then I realized that I am 31 years old. I understand this concept. It was not written for me. But if there's a 13-year-old out there who might be feeling that this is more representative of their identity, that is there, and she has given them the language to verbalize that. So I will give her credit for that. I was thinking of also, as you took the next step this morning, um, Allison Molly Gammon. I actually live here in Atlanta. And then Alice was talking about that too, about, and, and there's just a whole conversation that happened. It was like, a straight man, reading me the pronouns for the first time in a starter's book, I never experienced that. I never thought of that. And so it's important that straight people are doing this too, to say that we're existing. But we just need to have it on the screen. And that's where it starts getting like, this is great that we have so much, but it's not enough. Like, we need to keep asking for it. We need to keep holding Disney accountable until they're teaching the fire, which is why I blow all this stuff up and they don't say giggle. Yeah, it's kind of hard to trust Disney with anything on their movies and TV shows when they shut down Nimona. Oh, 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 oh God, it's so salty. And the Owl House is ending, <gasps> despite so, it being so good, so much acclaim. And I'm going to have to do the Owl House episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> So disappointing. I I think and, and that's where I find the whole all the stuff is that don't get stay gay stuff really interesting. Because I don't think they've ever been held accountable. And this is really the first time that they are. Like they're they're not they're not being allowed to defend mm -hmm. And which is which is really fascinating. Um then the when it was revealed that they had donated to the bell, like they're stopped to make this ideas. They lost money. And it's it's a difficult rap thing. I think it's it's going because I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, I love Elmo's, by the way. Like, for, for people, I'm not, I'm not animation or anything. <laughs> and I mean, Netflix can pick it up. Netflix is not a bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, the, the, with the, the, kids, stuff. Stuff. With the kids stuff. Yeah, I would, I would throw it to Sony. I would actually trust Sony more. Um, but, like, well, their quality can be. Like, I have Spider Verse and Mitchell's Verse in this Yeah. Game. Yeah, you get those and you get, like, Emoji movie, and you're like, which one will it be? Yeah, I will say for a little bit of emoji was. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you do want to see a really fun movie that has a queer lead, um, The Mitchells versus the Machine is a really good movie, and Katie is canonically queer in the movie, and she's the main character. It's a fantastic movie, and I love it. I see you five. Thank you. Um, and at a recent award show, the creators ah, awards. Uh, won, and during their speech, they specifically called out Disney for fencing. Yeah. Um, I, if you want to see other stuff that has queer content, watch Owl House, man. Owl House is a really good show. I love it. <laughs> I just remembered um, one book that's not on here. Hmm. Last Shot by Daniel Jose. I wanted to ask about it. Oh, I remember yeah. it. I don't have a concept of it. I just remembered. Um, Taka. Jamarisa is the, I want to say the navigator on Han's mission, and they are non-binary. Oh, this was, I think, okay. one, well, I think this was his first, um, Daniel was his first Star Wars book. Daniel is a very unique, here's an mm -hmm. example of how good of a man Daniel was able to 
Uh, when he was right, like before midnight for Vessel came out, he realized on twice, he was reported to be but twice, he absolutely misgendered the item. He not only apologized for it, he went to the publishers to make sure it was changed in the audit and the uh Kindle versions and stuff. And then and then subsequent reprintings. And then all the reprintings after that. And like he gives a fuck about his characters and he wants to make sure he's right. So like the authors really do care. Um so let's just hope that they care eventually with Disney. Um, um unrelated to Star Wars, but he does have another book coming out um at the start of next month that I just finished, and it's got two queer couples. Uh, so he's good about that. I, I would argue with his characters um, in both the High Republic Adventures and the Night Rising. His name is Ram, Ram Jamaram. I would argue that he is very diverse too, because that is a spectrum Jedi in the Wilson, and he's fantastic. And I love uh, Ram Jamaram. He's so great. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't know about Cal Snow. <laughs> I can't um, believe it's what you just Watch Kipo. It's you on my list. It's been on my list for so long. Is it? It's up there with the Owl House. It's yeah. Like the Owl House like Kipo. Yeah. Kipo's been on my list for so long. Like, I just, uh, uh. Um, well, I guess right fast. Um, my name's Wallace. Uh, we both write for the Geek and Waffle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a podcast named J Guys and Jedi. And I'm Arzu. I manage the Geeky Waffle website. And I host Space Waffles. Yeah. If you want to, like, Take a picture of any of the books just so you can remember them. Feel free, they're all up here. Um, and if you have more questions about books, I am in Mrs. Hudson's for the next 90 minutes while I finish work. And so it's, not, uh, it's not so brain consuming that I can't also talk books. Yeah. So we, we'll be happy to talk to you, but this is where you can find Space Case. And we need to keep demanding it to be on screen. But if you want to get started, go there. <laughs> Thank you. Visit our website at two true freaks.com. 
Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. All right, children, the lights are out and the party's over. It's time for me, Dr. D, to start running and say goodbye for a little while. And I know you're going to miss me, so I'll leave you with this. You know that big ball of radiation we call the sun? Well, it'll burst you into flames if you stay in one place too long. That is if the static don't get you first. So remember, even if you're dusted, you may be gone. But out here in the desert, your shadow lives on without you. This is Dr. Death Defying, signing off.